Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Michael McCoy Show. Oh, oh, hey, hey, oh, oh, bring it back up. <laughs> well, hello and happy Monday, everyone. Hope you all had a wonderful week and are off to the start of a yet another great week. Even though 2020 is trying to throw some curveballs at us and doing its best to not have us live our best lives, screw 2020. But thanks for tuning in this afternoon to the Michael McCoy Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. I am your host, Mike McCoy, and glad to have you listening. By the way, guys, I know this is only week three, and you guys barely know me unless you follow me on Twitter or know me personally, but Mike is fine. I like that way more than Michael. Michael is too formal. Sounds like I'm getting called to the principal's office or something. It's just... I prefer Mike, you know, people call me Michael. I'm like, they must not know me. Like what the hell, what the hell is going on? Um, no shade to my principal. You know, I spent a lot of time there in my younger days in elementary school, but uh, in any event, man, thanks for tuning in on this beautiful day. And actually, if you're not catching this live, thanks for listening on iTunes. Yes. For those of you that are not aware, Slam Radio is now on iTunes. So you get to access all of Slam Radio's uh, shows at your convenience, at your fingertips. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. So if you're listening via that uh, podcast, I'm sorry, via iTunes, then thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the support. But enough with the pleasantries. That's enough. Today's show is going to be a good one. Heavy with basketball slash NBA slash bubble talk hoops talk, round ball, whatever you want to call it. And I've been waiting for this because I've got a lot to get off my chest. Uh, a lot of basketball being played, a lot of things I noticed, a lot of things I saw. But I also have my boy Jordan Nelson, my boy, your boy Jordan Nelson, whom you may recognize from the Forza podcast with Marsh Thomas, as well as the Kane Gang show, which airs every Friday at 10 a.m. right here on Slam Radio. Uh, he does that show with Derek Coe, and trust me, those boys do an awesome job with it. So, um, fair warning, if you manage to listen to me rant for two hours today, you deserve a freaking medal because I'm going to be insufferable and I may get on your nerves. So, I mean, that's just the way I roll. But in any event, here we go. Ready, set, let's do this. NBA talk, all right? I want to talk about how much the game has changed, all right, and how much people really do not appreciate because they don't a true and pure basketball player. I'm talking about basketball player, a complete basketball player, not a human highlight film, not an athlete, not a bucket getter, not a three-point specialist. No, I'm talking about a guy that plays basketball and can know how to manage the game. And you know what, to break it down even further, I'm talking about point guards. I wanna talk about point guards today because that's especially what's on my mind. Um, but yeah, guys that play basketball, a guy who was fundamentally sound and not just a human highlight reel. That's what I want to talk about because fundamentals are a lost art. You know, it really is, especially in the game of basketball. So don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with flash, style, pizzazz, etc. But there is a problem when a guy that possesses all of those things doesn't really equate, you know, all of that talent doesn't equate to the ultimate goal, which is what? Winning championships and cementing one's place in the NBA history books. I mean, because at the end of the day, those are pretty much the things that you play for, right? Okay. Well, 
making your mark so that your status in the league is never forgotten, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Because it really isn't all about titles. Because if it were, then guys like Dan Marino would be a scrub. Uh, Charles Barkley would be a scrub. Who else? Carl uh, Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing. All those guys would be scrubs. And they are not. We're talking about Hall of Famers. <laughs> all of those guys that I mentioned are Hall of Famers. But um, that's just an example that goes to show that it really isn't all about winning championships. It's not, okay, when it comes to how effective you're talking about a guy was, you know, throughout his NBA career. It isn't. Or NFL career. It isn't. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about all of the young, super NBA talent that's been pumping into the league, all right, throughout the last, I don't know, however many years, 10, 15 years, all right, and all these lames out here that are quick to jump the gun. That's what I'm talking about, jumping the gun. I'm talking about knee-jerk reactions. I hate them. I hate them. And I really don't understand how the hell you as a sports fan can have that in your DNA because it's not supposed to exist, okay? If, you, if you're a knee-jerker, then you just watch highlights, really. Like, you just – you love the game and you watch it through a fan's point of view, like through a just a fan and not a basketball enthusiast, not a purist, which I am. Those, to me, are the real fans. You, you, you can't be a fly-by-night guy or a guy that's just, oh, yeah, I saw the highlights. I really kicked this butt. No. No, 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 no. All right. No knee jerkers allowed here. That is the worst thing you could be as a sports fan. You know, especially uh, uh, people that are victims of recency bias. You can't be that way. You can't do that. All right. I was uh, engaging with someone on Twitter the other day and they completely forgot about Steph Curry. I'm sorry, but when Steph Curry comes back, he will be automatically, just because he is Steph Curry, a top three, maybe five point guard in the league, just because he's healthy. It's that simple. All right. But, um, yeah, man, uh, guys that are victims of recency bias, they piss me off because they forget guys like Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, Fred Van Fleet, even though he's starting at the two this season. But anybody that knows anything about anything knows that that's only out of necessity more than anything else. Nick Nurse is a genius. He knows what he's doing up there. All right. Um, guys like, you know, like I said, Paul, Rondo, Van Fleet. I'm on the fence about putting Goran Dragic on this list, but I will because why not? Alfred Payton, Ben Simmons is a badass, okay, despite what the hell you say uh, or think. I'll prove you wrong in a little bit. DJ Augustine, Malcolm Brogdon, who I've been raving about ever since he was at UVA, he got that quote-unquote old man's game, right? Well, you can't stop his old man's game. I mean, didn't he make LeBron look like an idiot dunking on him? I, I think it was – if it wasn't once in a game, I know he I, – I know he definitely caught him once, but maybe twice got Braun off the dribble and just reversed it on him. It was, it was, and he's not even that much athletic as a guy. I'm sorry, as a player, he just knows angles and he knows how to play the game. Uh, Michael Carter Williams, George Hill, Ricky Rubio, and others that are coming to mind right now, you know, people with a recency bias act like those guys don't even exist. Okay. Or guys that are enamored with, you know, 40-inch verticals and guys that hit 35-foot three-pointers and guys that are averaging 30-plus points a game. And No. Again, those guys, it's all fine and dandy, okay? Um, all these guys, for the most part, that I mentioned, they're pass-first dudes, for the most part. I'm not saying they can't score, but they're pass-first dudes. They can score when needed. Uh, 
they're not they're not scoring point guards that are the first or second options on their team. Don't get me wrong. Okay, like I said, there's nothing wrong with guys like Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose in his prime, Kyrie Irving when healthy, Steph Curry when healthy, Campbell Walker, uh, Trey Young, John Morant, who we just saw have uh, a hell of a rookie season come to an end uh, this past weekend. All right, etc. But big but. All right. The problem with all those names that you kind of see how it's you know been trending and how these names uh have been trending and the league's been trending because of them it sucks because you forget about pure point guards you forget about guys that are really there to make sure that things run and if you need me okay i'm there to bail you out with the right pass or a bucket or getting somebody to the free throw line okay or maybe having to draw a foul on somebody because i see a mismatch all right and that sucks it sucks when you hear idiots uh, mention things like Lonzo Ball being a scrub. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but actually I will. We'll talk about Lonzo Ball later. I, I actually do want to talk about that. But it's so much about scoring nowadays that it's blinded people into becoming idiotic to the point that we're going to forget guys like I've talked about. Um, and I want to talk about two guys specifically today. If we have time to talk about Lonzo Ball, great. If not, uh, I definitely, definitely want to talk about Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving because those are the two guys that I uh, got into it years ago, years ago with, with a bunch of people, okay, with a bunch of people. And you're probably thinking, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mike, you just brought up all these names, D.J. Augustin, Malcolm Brogdon, Ben Simmons, Goran Dragic, uh, Chris Paul, Rajon Rondo, Van Fleet, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, Dame Time, Dame Dalla, what, Mike, that one? I mean, He's killing it right now. What the hell are you talking about? Dame is being a guy. Uh, how are you talking about being Dame being mentioned as a guy that people don't appreciate, Mike? I'm about to tune off this radio station, Mike, or you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, I want to make this absolutely 100% clear that I'm talking about two things here, all right? I'm talking about scoring point guards versus true uh, and traditional pass-first point guards who are not as valued anymore in the league, which is a damn shame, all right? Well, Damian Lillard, obviously you can argue that he's a scoring point guard, right? Because he, you know, I mean, the guy just finished averaging 30 points a game this year. So where am I headed with this? He's more of a traditional pass-first point guard when you compare him to those guys like Steph Curry, like Kyrie Irving, like Derrick Rose, like Russell Westbrook, like Kemba Walker, like Trey Young, like John Morant. He is a more pass-first guard than those guys, okay? I'm going to bring up some statistics right now, and some will support my claim. Some will not support my claim, all right? But let me tell you something. It isn't really all about stats, okay? This is why you have to watch the game. It's that simple. Watch the game. And you will be all right. You will see that Damian Lillard defers plenty. He defers plenty to C.J. McCullough, to Carmelo Anthony, all right? He does. He really, really does. So I'm looking at um, uh, Dame Lillard's stats right now, right? Okay, so 30 points per game this season. 
30 points per game, and he averaged eight assists per game, which is actually a career high for him. Wow. Last season, you might as well call it seven. He averaged 6.9 assists per game, just a shade under 26 points per game. Uh, his low was his rookie season, three, uh, three assists per game, all right? You compare that to Kyrie Irving, uh, which, again, a guy I love. I don't mind. I don't have a problem at all with Kyrie Irving, who on his career, he averages uh, 5.7 assists per game. His career high was almost seven, 6.9 assists per game. He had that when he was with Boston, and uh, which was what, two years ago, 18-19 season, and he averaged just a shade under 24 points that year. What's the main difference without looking at stats, okay? Without looking at stats, what's the main difference between those two, okay? When you need a bucket, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, heck, we saw it in the finals in the year that the, the, the Cavs won the, uh, the NBA title. What was that, the 15-16 season or the 16-17 season? I can't remember. But obviously hits a game-winning shot over Steph Curry. When you need a bucket, I don't care if LeBron James is on the team, you're going to Kyrie Irving. And we saw it. We saw it winning an NBA championship. That's not the case. That is not the case with Damian Lillard, okay? It really isn't the case with Damian Lillard, and I'm going to tell you why. Because he does have guys like C.J. McCollum on his team, which absolutely took over yesterday in the fourth quarter, okay? That backcourt is a top backcourt in the NBA. And I was arguing years ago, years ago, about the, me taking Damian Lillard over a guy like Kyrie Irving. I said he was better. I, I, I felt he was better. And it's pissing me off now that people are realizing this. The problem that people are realizing this now is the big is a problem, and it's pissing me off. You want to know why? Because he's been doing this forever, but now that he's on the national stage and they've won and they've done this and he's hitting 35-foot three, three-pointers and he's scoring 30 points a game and he's dunking over big men. Oh, my God, Dame Litter, he's doing it by himself. Shut the hell up. I really want to slap you across your face because – you really, if, if, if you're paying attention to Damian Lillard now, that tells me a lot about your NBA fandom. It really, really does. Because he's been a better point guard than Kyrie Irving, okay? I called Damian Lillard a better point guard than Kyrie Irving while and when Kyrie Irving was playing in the NBA Finals because he was. Remember what I said at the top of the show about being more of a complete player? That's exactly what Damian Lillard is. He's a better defender than Kyrie, and he can do everything that Kyrie can do offensively. He can. <laughs> he absolutely gets it. One thing, you know what? One thing that I will give Kyrie over Dame, it really is only one thing, and I'm not even talking handles or anything like that. A lot of people, because to me, their handles are the same. They're just as effective. One's more flashier than the other. Great, fine, who cares? I don't care, whatever but they get the job done. It gets you off your heels, right? It sets you, it sets both of them up for the shot that they want, get to the spot that they want. The one thing that Kyrie has over Dame is finishing at the rim. Kyrie has mesmerized all of us with his ability to finish around the rim uh, with either hand at any angle with the trees that he's, you know, amongst back, you know, once, once he's in the paint, you know, the seven footers, the six ten guys, and he's only what six three, six four. The guy as a finisher is amazing. Okay, let's 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 put that out there. But Dame hits just as many three pointers or more. He's just as effective in the paint. He doesn't take as many bad shots. Okay, because he doesn't. And um, 
he is more of a facilitator of an offense than Kyrie is. Kyrie is the guy that you want at Rucker Park. Dame, Dame Lillard is not the guy that you want at Rucker Park. Not, not when you got Kyrie, okay? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm taking Dame Lillard all the time over Kyrie Irving. But to me, Kyrie Irving has put himself in a box over his NBA career, and Damian Lillard hasn't. Damian Lillard is a cross between a street baller and a true NBA point guard. And in my heart of hearts, Damian Lillard is a pass-first player that can score his ass off when needed. But you know what? I'm been on such a rant. I need to go ahead and cut the segment off real quick. And if you're still here, thank you. I'm not finished, but I'll be back on the other side of the break. You've been listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sticking around with me throughout that last break. I was just going off about how much of a better player Damian Lillard is over Kyrie Irving because he absolutely is. It may be by a hair to some. It may be uh, by a lot to some. For me, it's no question because, like I said in the last segment, I have taken Damian Lillard over Kyrie Irving ever since Kyrie Irving could not lead 
a Cleveland Cavaliers team to the playoffs in a bad Eastern Conference, okay? Because in the NBA, let's keep it real. In the NBA, you need superstars to win, right? In the NBA, you need at minimum three guys to now in this, you know, this super team era, you probably need at least three big guns to win it all, okay? You probably can get away with two, but you need at least three to be safe. One superstar in a really, 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 really pathetic Eastern Conference like the East was when, uh, you know, LeBron ditched his hometown to come down to Miami. The East was pretty much Chicago, uh, Miami, and I can't even remember that far back, really. Toronto was winning some games, but they were no problem. They weren't threatening anybody. That was pretty much it, right? Well, one superstar should get you at least a, a, a playoff appearance. One superstar should at least get you the eighth seed. And Kyrie couldn't do that in a really crappy and embarrassing Eastern Conference. We're talking about when the Eastern Conference was known as the Eastern Conference with an L in front. That's how bad and how much of a joke that people thought about the Eastern Conference. Now, you've switched roles could Dame Lillard have done it? Yeah, I do. I do think so. I really do think so because he's not just a bucket getter. He's not just a scoring machine. That guy will involve his teammates way more than Kyrie will. And by the way, this is no shade on Kyrie Irving because like I said, if you are picking between the two, okay, are you really going to complain about if you have either as, you know, your starting point guard? I'm not. I mean, I'm not. But if, if, if it's up to me, um, I'm going Dame Leonard for all the reasons that I listed now and that I listed in the last and I listed in the last segment. And like I said, it just pisses me off as an NBA fan to know that people are, are, are realizing this now because it's like, oh, my God, Dame Litter, where did he come from? No, where the hell did you come from? Where, what are you talking about? I'm going to put up some stats now. And it's a damn shame that Damian Lillard. Where is it? Here it is. Damian Lillard. All right. First season in the NBA, 2012-2013 season, all right? And obviously right now, his most recent season, the 2019-2020 season. So he's been in the league one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, right? Of those eight years, he's been an all-star five times. Well, what the hell happened in 2015-2016 and 2016-2017 when he played and started in 75 games, only missed seven games due to injury or whatever it was, sitting out for health reasons, whatever it was, okay? Played 75 games in both of those seasons, all right? Uh, scored 25.1 points a game in 15-16, scored 27 points per game in 16-17, and was uh, hitting free throws at about 90%, all right? 15-16, 6.8 assists per game, 16-17, 5.9 assists per game. Why was he missing the goddamn NBA play, uh, the, the NBA All-Star game? Why? Why? You know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to pull up the All-Star team from 15, 16, 2015. And I should have had this pulled up already, but I didn't know that I was, that the conversation was going to go here. 2015, 16 NBA All-Star game. Okay. 15 All-Star game. Let's see who was on for the Western Conference because I'm going to make a case right now. Here we go. Western Conference, you got Steph Curry, Kobe, Anthony Davis, Marcus Gasol, and Blake Griffin. Okay. That was the starting lineup for that year. 
can't argue with Steph Curry and Kobe Bryant starting, right? All right, fine. LaMarcus Aldridge, Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul, DeMarcus Cousins, and let me see here. Oh, yeah, well, Dame was, was, yeah, no, Dirk, and that was it. So he didn't even make that, that. Who are you taking off that list? I'm sorry. Look, I know all of those guys are deserving. I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But it's a crying shame. It's a damn shame, all right, that, I mean, I'm sorry, man. You, you just have to make a, a, a place for a guy that is arguably, in anybody's book, a top three or five point guard in the NBA. I lo look, I know the West is stacked. I get it. Cool. Fine. But that doesn't mean a goddamn thing to when you when, when you have a guy that's and don't tell me oh it's because he's in Portland. No, look, I'm all the way out here in Miami and I know about Damian Lillard. I know about, you know, guys in the Western Conference and I get it. Guys, I had this conversation with um, I forgot who it was, but people that live. Oh, it was a friend of mine that played UNLV football. And he was you know, we were talking about uh, being a sports fan out on the West Coast. It's great. It's great because you get to see everything imagine waking up on the west coast three hours behind right now right or, you know i'm in miami it's nine o'clock um because this show is pre-recorded for anybody that wasn't aware but in any event um you wake up say on a sunday morning so you wake up up at nine o'clock nine thirty it's twelve o'clock twelve thirty on the east coast football kicks off at one o'clock you get to watch all the games all the games and then you know when those games finish it's like the middle of the day for you for the west coast games whereas uh you know when you're on the eastern when you're on the in the east coast the uh the night games are like okay i might catch this especially the thursday night ones. okay i might catch this i may not you know whatever you get to watch everything so you're aware of what's going on on the east coast you're aware of what's going on central time you're aware of what's going on in your own time zone so Sports fans in the Western, you know, uh, out West, they haven't made. They get, to, they get to watch everything. So, I mean, listen, I'm making a case here for Damian Lillard because mainly because it's annoying to me that people are all on his jock now when they should have been years ago, okay? Like, I feel like saying I told you so, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, in so many ways I am, but this is just me venting because it's really frustrating to know that people don't pay attention to guys like they because again people want to bring up his name right now because he's averaging literally averaging literally averaging 30 points per game like on the button 30 points per game okay eight assists per game and he's draining 35 foot bombs from beyond the arc that's the only reason why Nobody was talking about him when he was averaging 20, 21 points a game, 25 points a game, 27 points a game. What the hell is – why? Oh, because his handle is, is, is not as flashy as Kyrie Irving's or, or, or as thick as Steph Curry's or, or he's not dunking in everybody like Blake Griffin. Get the hell out of here, man. That's what pisses me off, and it leads me to the Lonzo Ball conversation because Lonzo Ball, in my estimation – it's a guy that I would have on my team, okay? When you look at Lonzo Ball when he was drafted, ladies and gentlemen, Lonzo Ball came in 
in the, what was it, the 2017 NBA draft, where he went second overall to the Los Angeles Lakers. Markel Fultz was drafted first overall, which I think was the right pick for the Sixers. Obviously, he got hurt, and, you know, the bottom fell out. He gets traded to Orlando, which is where he is right now. Okay, fine. You look at the first top 10, or well, the top 10 picks of that draft, in order, you got Markel Fultz to Philly, Lonzo Ball to L.A., Jason Tatum, the C's, Josh Jackson with the Suns, Darren Fox, Jonathan Isaac, Laurie Markkinen, Frank Nickley, whatever the hell, how you pronounce his name with the Knicks, the French point guard, Dennis Smith, and Zach Collins, all right? Obviously, Tatum, you could say Fox, even Dennis Smith, highlight the guys that are in the top 10. By the way, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo were guys that were pick 13 and 14 in that draft. So if you were to redraft this draft, those guys would likely go in the top 10. But Lonzo Ball went second. A lot of comparisons to Jason Kidd. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to compare him to Damian Lillard all the way because obviously Lonzo Ball has a long way to go. But I am in the sense that he gets the job done and he's underappreciated. And he has no reason to be called the scrub because – when you have a point guard, by the way, his passes, his passes, ladies and gentlemen, are a thing of beauty, okay? The guy has eyes behind his head and sees the floor just as good as anybody in the NBA, all right? And if you don't realize that, then you don't watch NBA basketball like you should or like you say you do. And you have no business commenting on guys like Lonzo Ball and how effective they are. Lonzo Ball is averaging or average this season – uh, just a, sh a shade under 12 points per game, 11.8 points per game. Last season, you might as well call him 10 points a game. He averaged 9.9. .9. In his rookie season, he averaged 10 points a game. He's a career uh, He's a career 10.7 points per game uh, point guard, all right? And he averages 7.2 as a rookie assists, 5 point, I'm sorry, yes, 5.4 assists per game as a rookie. And this year he finished up with seven assists per game his thing his rookie year was his health or his first two years were his health okay he played in 52 games uh following year he played in 47 this past season he played in 63 so availability is a thing for him i get it but you want to know what it's only year three for him and you look at the team that he has right now okay you look at the team he has right now it's kind of it's kind of perfect it's situated perfect for him because does New Orleans need a lot more? Yes, New Orleans does need a lot more, okay? But when you have a guy like Zion Williams, okay, uh, excuse me, your life is just one guy. And I know we're not talking about uh, all you need is one guy and, oh, you know, it's just one guy. And No. But when you have that freak of, a, of, of, a, of an athlete playing basketball, the guy's built like, what, a defensive end at 280 pounds, can use a little bit of conditioning to slim down some. I get it. But um, when you think about a guy like that, when you think about a guy like that, uh, things are going to be made easier as a point guard when you are Lonzo Ball. Because like I said, he pushes the ball. I'm sorry, like I said, he pushes the ball up the floor. He's always looking to get the easy bucket for his team. And that's a running team. That's a transition team that, which by the way, they just fired their coach Alvin Gentry, which I hated to see. I hate to see guys like Alvin Gentry get bounced around all the time because it seems like they use him as a starter and not a finisher, which sucks. He doesn't get to see things through. And the, 
non-success of this New Orleans Pelicans team this year wasn't all on him. I mean, that team's not even built all the way yet. But I want to talk about Alonzo Ball a little bit more because, you know, seven assists per game this year. He shoots the the he shoots at four at a 40% clip. He's shooting three-pointers at 37.5%. Okay. And so when you compare that to guys like why not? Let's talk about Damian Lillard, right? Damian Lillard this year shot the three at 40%. Last year, he's, he shot it at 36%. Last year, Lonzo Ball shot the three ball uh, at, what was it? Let me go back here. Last year, Lonzo Ball shot the three at, I just had it. I just had it. Here it is. Lonzo Ball overview. Lonzo Ball shot, shot three-pointers last year at 32%, okay? So, obviously not Dame Lillard, but he's getting the job done, man, and he's only going to get better. So, you want to know what type of team Lonzo Ball is going to be effective on? Obviously, he can't be the number one option, but he's a hell of a defender, okay, which has value in this league because, especially at, what, 6'5", Lonzo Ball is listed at, let me see here. Lonzo Ball is listed at, I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". I don't have it in front of me. I'm on a different screen right now. But elite defender, elite passer, elite decision maker. Oh, and by the way, he can get to the cup whenever he wants to. What else more do you want from a point guard? What else more do you want from a point guard? Okay, again, scoring isn't his game. But if he's going to drop 10 points, 11 points, 12 points a night, uh, why not? Why not? I just I, I don't understand the logic in calling Lonzo Ball uh, pathetic or a scrub or a bum. I don't get it. But I mean, if that's your thing, if you want highlights and you don't want to watch basketball, that's cool. It is what it is. It's it's, it's preference, I guess. But um, Lonzo Ball will be an All Star. He's gonna be an All Star for a long time. And like I said, he's only gonna get better. He's young. He's only twenty two years old. Okay. 22 years old. When Dane came into the league, he was 22 years old, all right? When Kyrie came to the league, he was 19. But Kyrie was a beast handling the ball. You know, as a rookie, average 18 a game. Uh, you call it 19. We'll round up. 18.5, we'll call it 19 a game. And uh, he, he's your quintessential bucket getter. But, all right, going back to true point guards, which we were talking about last segment, that's what the NBA is missing, okay? And I and I hate it because there's no more Steve Nash, there's no more John Stocktons, there's no more of those guys, okay? When you when you talk when you want to talk about true and pure point guards, not scoring point guards for you idiots out there that want to rank all the point guards in the NBA, I'm talking about true and pure point guards in the NBA. My list is simple, okay? The top two, Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo. A healthy Rajon Rondo is the second best pure point guard in the NBA. And the only reason I have him at I – might, I might have him as the best pure point guard in the NBA if he can shoot. But that's why I have Chris Paul. Chris Paul, another guy that people were knee-jerking on because they said he was done. He was this. He was that. After, you know, his time with Houston, he sucks. Oh, this, that, and the third. Heat fans didn't want him because he's not going to do anything here. Have you seen what OKC has done this year? <laughs> Have you seen what OKC has done this year? Because if you haven't, I'll remind you. I'll gladly remind you. OKC wasn't even supposed to be a playoff team this year, okay? But when you have somebody like a Chris Paul, they can lead you to a 44-28 and 28 record, okay? 
six and four in their last 10, scoring 110 points per game, 23 and 14 on the road, 21 and 14, I'm sorry, 23 and 14 at home, 21 and 14 on the road, 27 and 19 in the conference. When you have a true point guard like Chris Paul, who is probably still a top five point guard in the NBA because I value true point guards and I'm not just a sucker for entertainment like the majority of fans out there are. When you have a guy like Chris Paul, you are going to lead an Oklahoma City Thunder team, which features Steven Adams, Darius Baisley, Dante Burton, uh, Terrence Ferguson, Danilo Gallinari, Devin Hall, Kevin Hervey, Mike Muscala, Nerlens Noel, Andre Roberson, Isaiah Roby, Dennis Schroeder. Those are a list of what a lot of people will call nobodies. But a guy like Chris Paul has them at 44 and 28. Kyrie Irving wouldn't be able to do that. Damian Lillard would be able to do that. Lonzo Ball wouldn't be able to do that right now, okay, because year three, okay, I get it. Plus, we're talking about Chris Paul here. And Chris Paul, a pass-first guy, he's uh, averaging – I mean, obviously he can score, but he's averaging 17.6 a game right now with 6.7 assists per game, okay? I just – I don't know, man. That's just the way I see it. And if you don't, I don't care. I will tell you that you're, I just think that you're highly mistaken, highly confused. And you need to watch the game more. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call you out. I think you need to watch the game more. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, that's a guy that needs to, he needs to start on his own team, man. He's a better point guard than Kyle Lowry. He's a better point guard than Kyle Lowry. He really, really is. Kyle Lowry, he's starting to grow on me. All this time that he's had in the NBA, I've, I haven't seen what's so special about that guy, to be honest. He's starting to grow on me just a little bit. I just think that when he comes when, – when you're thinking about the best point guards in the NBA, he's probably the last one that I would bring up. Because, like I said, he's not even the best point guard on this team. That's how I feel about it. But, I mean, what do I know? I'm sitting here talking about it, and they're, they're over there making their money. So, um, I need to go ahead and take another break. We'll be back with – more of the Michael McCoy show talking more hoops. We're not done. Jordan Nelson's going to join us and uh, just stick around. It'll be fun. Keep it locked. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's perfect. Allison, wait. Are you texting and driving? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show. On Sirius XM 145... Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It does, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sticking around with me through that last break. You are still here listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. And just like I promised at the top of the hour, I got Jordan Nelson joining me. And like I said, if you don't recognize him, you should, because he's only on the Fours Up podcast, which is the top 10 football podcast in America with Mars Thomas, as well as the Kane Gang Show, which airs every Friday at 10 a.m. right here on Slam Radio. And he does that show every week with Derek Coe. Those guys do an awesome job. Jordan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and talk some hoops with you. So I've, I've been bugging you for a while to get me on here to talk hoops, and I'm, I'm glad we can finally do it, man. No, man, it was definitely uh, just a matter of time, and this will not be the last time because you are one of those guys that I trust a lot, and I love um, having basketball talk with you because it's, it's engaging, it's intriguing, and you just make me think, and I love it. So thank you for that, brother. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. Not a problem, dude. So, I mean, let's get right into it, man, because um, obviously NBA bubble talk, lot to talk about dame has been killing it um i wanted to ask you man what has your attention most going into the postseason as playoffs you know start i think what is it tomorrow or tuesday which storyline has jordan most intrigued so there's three storylines i guess three kind of four um that are most interesting to me and uh you know i'm out here in utah i'm a i'm a utah jazz fan you know, I've grown up in the West, um, so I think my perspective of the NBA is kind of Western Conference biased, you know. Okay. Um, so my biggest question this year is, is the Eastern Conference for real? Okay. Uh, when I look at the top four seeds in the East, man, like none of those teams, Milwaukee, yes, um, they still kind of need to prove it that they can win. Okay. Um, but, you know, the Celtics, Raptors, um, and the Heat – they're big question marks to me when it comes to playing off against the the Clippers and the Lakers and, you know, the Nuggets. Um, so I want to know if the Eastern Conference is for real. I want to know if anyone can actually challenge Milwaukee. Um, you know, Giannis is so good, and there's really not a ton of star power in the Eastern Conference besides him right now. Okay. <clears throat> um, and then I want to see if the – I want to see if the Denver Nuggets can make a leap. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has been huge, just exploding right. onto the scene. Right. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic is a good player. He's a great player. He's been an MVP candidate for a little bit. Um, so I, I want to see if they can take the next step. Um, and then I'm interested to see how the Rockets do without Russell Westbrook. I'm, I'm not really a Russell Westbrook guy. And so I would not be surprised if they look totally fine without him. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, okay. <clears throat> the one that pops out to me the most out of the ones that you mentioned 
is the Denver Nuggets. And here's an Eastern Conference guy, not an Eastern Conference guy, but an East Coast guy. And um, it's funny that you bring that up because just in the last segment, I was talking about how people that live out West, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they have an advantage when it comes to being a little bit more versed, well-versed when it comes to sports, simply because the time zone that they that you guys live in, you can literally see all the games. Like out yeah. here, it gets late for us. We're going to sleep for West Coast games. Yeah. Out there, let's say football season. You guys are up. You guys wake up, let's say, California, three hours behind. Wake up at 9 in the morning. Uh, 12, you know, it's 12, 1 o'clock here. You wake up to football, and you can watch all yeah. the games. And then for us, when the later games are – you know, afternoon, evening or whatever. It's middle of the day for you guys. So you guys could get to watch everything. So uh, I'm, thank you for that, you know, perspective. But the Denver Nuggets, man, um, a lot like – I compare them a lot to before last season because obviously the Raptors are the defending champs. But I compared them those two a lot because I didn't trust them. I didn't trust them at all. I didn't buy the hype. Every year the Raptors were winning games, doing this, 40-plus wins, 50-plus wins. Just recently, Denver, oh, Denver this, Denver that. I didn't buy the hype about Denver, and I'll tell you why. Because to me, when you look at their roster, guys like um, – let me see here. To me, their number one option is Jamal Murray, and I, I'm i not buying it. as an, I, I don't think he will be the number one option for a championship-winning team. Gary Harris, nice guy. Jokic, I love him. And some will argue that he's probably the number one option. To me, I've always seen Murray as the number one option. But, I mean, Jokic obviously can make a case for that. It's maybe one and one A, all right? I think he's probably the most talented or one of the most talented big men in the NBA, obviously. Guy was playing point guard, uh, you know, in the beginning of the bubble, when you know, the, the preparatory games or whatever. But... Michael Porter Jr. can be the guy that takes them over the top. And I also think that a guy like Bo Bo can take them over the top because in NBA nowadays, you need what to win. You need need guys that can do a bunch of stuff. And what I mean by that, interchangeable guys, but more defensively than offense. That's why I think the dubs were so good. You had Klay Thompson covering two and three positions or four positions. Uh, Draymond, uh, Livingston was key. Uh, yeah. Derek, uh, what was his name? Uh, David Lee was key for yeah. them. So I, 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 I'm not buying the Nuggets, man. I, 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 I'm not buying the Nuggets. I'm, I'm with you there. I completely agree. Um, and you brought up exactly the reason why I think Michael Porter Jr. is so important. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good rivalry between the Jazz and the Nuggets. So I see a lot of Nuggets basketball. And I have never been afraid of Jamal Murray. Um, he's talented. He can get his, you know, he can go for 30 any night. Never really worried about the Nuggets in the playoffs because they rely too much on Jamal Murray. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. could be the thing that changes. And that's exactly why I brought them up. So he is, man. He, he, I mean, just the other day, didn't he go for a career? He had 30 points, I think. Yeah. He had yeah. 30 he, points. Uh, I think it was like six of the eight games or no, he only played seven. It was like five of the seven games he played, he went for over 20. So he was putting up big numbers, man. He's a guy that could have been, you know, when he was drafted in 2018, 14th overall, he could very well have been a top three pick talent-wise. Oh, sorry about that. He could have been a top three pick talent-wise. The talent was there. Obviously, you know, their injury concerns and kind of scared people away. But a a healthy Marco Porter – 
can probably be the best, not the best player on that team because Jokic is that good, but yeah. um, I can see them moving pieces to make the guys on that team be Jokic and Porter so they can get yeah. a point guard that kind of fits their needs a little bit more. Because Murray, Agreed. to me, I – Agreed. I think Murray guy. and Gary Harris become expendable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're when you're trying to mix and match parts to make the chemistry work. So I 100 percent agree with you there, man. Yeah, I, I think that a, a, a more a, a guy that can play without the ball in his hands a little more like that type of point guard, whoever that is, you know, like Alonzo Ball, whoever, I don't know, will benefit them a little bit more to get those other guys looks. Because, like you yep. said, or we're agreeing on, you know, Harris or uh, Jamal Murray isn't that guy. But you segued it perfectly because, you know, um, I wanted to talk about Utah versus Denver and then a little bit about the Toronto Raptors and defending champs because they are the defending champs, but you're a Utah guy, Utah, uh-huh. Denver. I mean, what do you see in that matchup? Well, first of all, man, like I have been a huge downer when it comes to the, the jazz prospects from the beginning of the bubble. As soon oh, as Leon Bogdanovich uh, got wrist surgery, I think it was in March right. or no, probably April. Um, they announced that he would be out, you know, for the remainder of the season, no matter what happens, he's getting yeah. ready for next year. Yeah. Um, dude, I don't think people understand how important he was to this jazz team mm. because he is, um, I mean, he was the only other tent pole offensively besides Donovan Mitchell and Mitchell is young. He's very inconsistent at times. Okay. He has, you know, he's one of the more skilled young players in the league. So I'm not trying to take away from him. Right. But Boyan Bogdanovich is so efficient. He's a sharp shooter. He can do a little bit of everything. And there were large stretches of the team or large stretches of the season where mm-hmm. I thought he was the Jazz most effective player. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so losing him is massive. I considered us out of the race as soon as he was announced out. Really? And yeah, man, it, it really is. Like, I, I haven't been <laughs> oh, that man. high on it. And now in regards to the Nuggets, um, I actually like that matchup for the Jazz. Okay. Uh, you know, today it was announced that Mike Conley has left the bubble to be with his family. Okay. Um, so he will probably miss that whole series. Man. Um, man but, but the thing that I love for the Jazz <clears throat> is that Rudy Gobert is Nikola Jokic's kryptonite. And people always argue with me, but I got some stats for you, Mike. Um, so in their history between Gobert and Jokic, Gobert has won eight times and Jokic has won six times. Okay. Okay. Their career averages against each other. Gobert is 15 and 11 and Jokic is 15 and 10. Okay. So an MVP candidate, when he goes against Gobert, he only does 15 and 10. Yeah. So Gobert is winning these matchups regularly. Right. Um, You know, and, and Jokic is a great player, but for that reason, um, even though I'm low on the Jazz, I think they have a puncher's chance against Denver. I think well, I it'll mean, be a six-seven game series. Um, you know, whoever wins. Well, I mean, it, that's what anybody in any sport wants to do is kind of neutralize their best player. I mean, that's what Bill, Bill Belichick is known for doing. Yeah. He takes away what you do best, and he makes you yeah. use what you're not. You know, what you haven't been doing all year long. So, I mean, obviously, if you can, and you and I both agree. More Jamal Murray, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't it. bother me. It doesn't bother, bother me. me. But um, yeah, man. I mean, Jokic is that guy. That guy. I mean, look. How many times do you see? I mean, we've seen 
giant point guards lady, but this guy was a bona fide literal seven footer, you know, huge guy playing point, running yeah. the offense, doing it from, yeah. you know, uh, from the elbow, running offense through him from, you know, the high post and everything like that. So you neutralize him with an athletic, yeah. you know, defensive guy that can, you know, play through picks or whatever. I mean, I'm interested to see how that happens. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens in that matchup. I didn't know about Conley. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're going to see yeah. a lot more Jordan Clarkson, I guess, right? Yeah, Clarkson and probably Emmanuel Moutier, um, which is, I mean, Moutier is sometimes cringe, sometimes okay. So, mm-hmm. who knows? It, he's okay. a mixed bag. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's occasions that Jokic gets the better of Rudy, too. Um, of course. But I'm just saying, as a Jazz fan, you know, I'm I'm – not as scared of Jokic as most people are. And it's just because Rudy is, is consistently coming out on top of those matchups. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, see, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that from the outside looking in, if you were to tell me, Hey, what do you think about in a seven game series? You know, mm-hmm. the one-on-one matchup, seven games, if it goes seven games between, uh, you know, Gobert and, and Jokic, I would probably say that Jokic would again from not knowing anything that yeah. you that you referenced, probably Jokic would win that matchup, but not by leaps and bounds. That yeah. would have been and, my first guess. And you know that could happen. You know, rivalries kind of evolve and stuff right. over time. Right. So you know, maybe maybe this series will be a turning point for Jokic, and he'll kind of figure out Rudy and and how to play against him. Right. Um, but just going off history, Rudy has definitely had the upper hand when they play each other. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm confident, man. I mean, you know, and, and Donovan Mitchell, I've never seen a guy his age with every single tool. He can do anything, man. It is, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not as high on him as a lot of jazz fans. I think he's kind of too inconsistent for the, really? you know, to not need a lot of help right now. Okay. Um, but man, he just, he has every trick. He, he has everything in his bag. When I see him play, <clears throat> what comes to me offhand just really, really quick is yeah. a young D-Wade. Yeah, that's but what, he shoots better. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you, man. And, and I'm not saying that he'll have as successful of a career as D-Wade, but I'm with you. He can do everything. I mean, his touch around the rim is just legendary sometimes. Mm-hmm. He does stuff that you're just like, how is a 22-year-old doing this or however old he is? <laughs> You know, and, and then he's just – he can hit the deep threes. You know, he's he's a fairly consistent shooter from outside. Okay. Um, and he can take over a game, man. So, I – Mitchell has a very bright future, um, but he needs a lot of help right now. He does. No, that he does. Um, we all know that in today's NBA – I mean, a couple of years ago it wasn't the case, but right now – and I talked about this, you know, in the segment before you joined the show – that you can probably – major league probably win it all with two big guns but you need at least three one is out of the window the days of one superstar leading your nba team i mean actually it's never been like that you've never been able to do it alone but in in today's nba maybe you can get away with two with a perfect supporting cast and a great coaching staff and a great bench but you need three it's true man um, i mean oscar robertson didn't win anything till kareem got there yep so i mean it's always been that way you're right man yep um, keeping it on the West Coast, uh, talking playoffs. And by the way, you're listening to the Michael McCoy show here on Sirius XM channel 145, Slam Radio. Um, 
talking with Jordan Nelson, some NBA round ball bubble talk. Uh, I want to talk about this Portland LA series that has everybody in okay. a tizzy because obviously Portland has been lighting it up. Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar specifically. And <laughs> I went on a tangent before he joined the show because it's pissing me off that everybody all of a sudden is talking about Dame Lillard when he's been doing it for such a long time. That really, it bothers me because he yeah. deserves a lot more attention than he's been getting. Yes. But um, why do you think, or, or what, or, or do you think that uh, everybody that's talking about the Jazz, I'm sorry, not the Jazz, the Blazers giving the Lakers a hard time, do you think that's warranted, or do you think it's going to be business as usual and L.A. should take care of them in, what, five games? Um, yes and no. There, there's multiple ways to attack this. And first of all, I just want to say, like, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. Yeah, man. You know, he, he went to school here in Utah. Um, you know, Weber State is a tiny little college in Ogden, Utah, and he always represents for the state. You know, we're very proud to be Utahns, and we love Damian Lillard. Probably the, you know, probably the most beloved Utah in terms of basketball. Um, so, so we love him here. Um, okay. And you're right. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. However, I just don't see – Maybe it could be five, six games, but I don't think the Lakers are going to break too much of a sweat. Okay. And, and here's why. Um, so the Lakers are breaking in three new rotational players during this uh -huh. bubble. Okay, J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, and Markeith Morris, all new since February 23rd. They only played for about two weeks with the team mm -hmm. before the league shut down. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the Lakers, I think they only won three games in the bubble, maybe four. Um, but the teams that they beat were the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Jazz. Mm -hmm. Now, that was your two, three, and four seed going into the bubble. Okay. So, I'm thinking they're turning it on a little bit, man. I think when they need to, you know, when they see the, the Jazz, Nuggets, and Clippers on the schedule, they circle yeah. that game, yeah. and they showed up. They beat them. Yeah. Yeah. They beat all of them. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, they had a five-and-a-half game lead coming into the bubble for eight games. So to me, that's saying like, let's get this figured out. You know, let's work these three dudes into the rotation. Let's let LeBron um, do his thing, you know, work back into, into basketball mode mm -hmm. um, and really not worry because a five and a half game lead with eight games to play, that's a lock. Yeah, it is. No and course. also, dude, say, the, say like something crazy happened and they lost home court, there's no fans. Exactly. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, exactly. To me, dude, I mean, and LeBron has done this. How many times did we think that, you know, Cleveland would, would limp into the playoffs and everyone's like, oh, Toronto is going to give them a hard time this year. And then LeBron yep. completely baptizes the entire city in yep. four games <laughs> and, you know, just lights the place on fire and, and walks away. You're absolutely so, right, man. Um, uh, I hate to cut you off, but we are going to pick it right back off uh, sorry, pick it up right where we left it off in the next segment right here. We just got to take a little break to pay some bills, guys. So keep it locked on the Michael McCoy Show. And Jordan Nelson is joining me talking some NBA hoops. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. Serious XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. 
drop off a warm meal, and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I mean, really, it really apologist. comes down to... I'm going to make an apologist image for you, bro, because <laughs> everything that I say, you say, oh, but LeBron had to do this, and if he, if he had to jump over a car. Isn't LeBron the king? And again, LeBron jump over the Empire State Building? He probably could, but why probably. would he do but it? But why doesn't he jump over the Empire State Building to win a slam dunk contest? Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Thank you for sticking around with Jordan and I throughout that last break here talking NBA hoops. You're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, channel 145 Slam Radio. And I told you guys at the top of the broadcast that this is going to be an NBA a uh, round ball heavy show. And so this is what it is, guys, because it's that time of year, all right? Actually, it shouldn't be that type of time of year because August, NBA season is done, <laughs> but we're here. But, um, you know, Jordan and I were talking about this LA Lakers matchup. Important because anybody that you listen to, you turn on the TV now, oh, LA should have something to worry about because, you know, they didn't look so good in the bubble and Dame is killing it and this, that, and a third. Jordan, you know, I've always been from the belief that there's no such thing as flipping the switch. I hate hearing that as a fan. I hate when I hear players say it. I hate when I hear fans say it. Oh, well, they'll turn it on the play. It's just a regular season. No, it's not just a regular season because at the end of the year, when let's take, for example, well, any example, let's say top two teams <clears throat> in any conference and they have <clears throat> almost identical records and they're fighting for that top spot because you're going to need it, the regular season matters. That game that yeah. you can take serious in November, December, it all of a sudden matters. So with that yep. being said, what I'm trying to <clears throat> translate here is <sighs> I think the Lakers are going to be able to do that. And I hate to say it because yeah. when you look at it, I mean, <clears throat> to me, L.A. doesn't have anybody for Dame Lillard. But then again, I don't think they have anybody for Anthony Davis. Yeah. I don't think they have anybody for Anthony Davis. Nobody has anything for LeBron, uh, although I think that they're probably going to try to defend him by throwing multiple bodies at him. We'll see yeah. how effective that's going to be. That guy leads the league in assists right now, so he's mm-hmm. been more of a playmaker. You know, Not just assists, but he, he leads the league in assist percentage as well. There you go. Or, or it's just rape. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, um, I mean, that's just the way I see it. I hope we have a good series because let me tell you something. I mean, Dame is wowing everybody, and you and I yeah. have been fans of him for a while, so it'll be nice. I, if, you, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I think six games is stretching it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. stretching it, yeah. I agree. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it goes six games, but if I was you know, betting money, man, four or five yeah. for the Lakers, um, 
I think this regular season, LeBron proved that he is completely in total disregard of time and mother nature. (laughs) And he is still the best player in the NBA 18 years into his career. And dude, he is just a beast. And there's, there's nothing that Portland can do to stop him. No, and no. also he's playing like right now, Anthony Davis is better than any teammate that he's ever played with besides one year of Dwayne Wade. Um, so even if he does, uh, you know, show any signs of faltering due to age, he has his best teammate ever, arguably. The thing with the Lakers, well, not the Lakers, but with LeBron right now is he's going to, he if I'm LeBron James, I don't want to be the best player on my team. Yeah. I don't want to have to expend all this energy right now because I've done it for 17, 18 years. Yep. Go ahead, AD. Go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah, right. Dwayne. That's my mentality now if yeah. I'm him and use me as needed. I mean, he's been kind of been practicing that uh, for a couple of years now, kind of, you know, turning it on when he's supposed to, you know, the zero dark 30 that he shuts it down during the playoffs, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, that's, that's, that's my thing. But what I what I hope happens in this series is this. I would love for it to go six, seven games. An upset would be crazy. Yeah. I think Melo's going to be an X factor. I really do. Um, CJ McCollum is playing with a small fracture in his lower back. How oh, the heck that. that's happening, I don't know. But he looked yeah. magnificent yesterday. And that backcourt is arguably a top three, maybe top five backcourt in the NBA when healthy, when those guys are, you know, killing it. Um, yeah. We'll see, man, because there's no Rondo, there's no Avery Bradley to kind of, you know, be that shutdown perimeter guy alongside LeBron because LeBron yeah. can still cover four or five positions uh, whenever he wants to, you know, lock it down. So we'll see, man. But, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, if things go how they're supposed to, five, six game series. Yeah, I, I just don't see Portland having enough firepower outside of uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I think those guys will have a very good series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they combined for almost 60 points a game between mm-hmm. the two of them. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that'll be enough. Okay. Uh, you know, you're probably being more generous to Melo than I would be. Really? Um, I see him as a non-factor. I see really? Hassan Whiteside as a negative. Um, you know, I, I, just, I just don't think they have the pieces to, to compete with a team like L.A. right now. Why I feel the way I do about Melo is because he never gave anybody a reason, at least on the floor, to have that hiatus that he did that sit out and nobody wanted him. What did he do wrong? Like, what did he do wrong? And then you saw him yesterday. He goes over 20. Um, he goes over 20. He was big, not, not hugely, because I was McCullum, but he was he had, a, he had a factor at the end of that game, towards the end of that game. And what I like about that team is that they're way more experienced than they were several years ago. Obviously, Dame and CJ have been doing it for a while. They're experienced. You got uh, um, Nurkic is back and healthy. Okay, he was supposed to come like back Nurkic. in March, and yeah. all of a sudden the shutdown happened. You have four or five months off, so he has that much more time to you know own his skills and get healthier. So I think he's fresh. That's gonna be that's gonna be that that may be the x factor but i got mellow because i i something tells me that he's going to want to play hard against the guy that he was drafted with and that being yeah. obviously lebron james but we'll see we'll he see could. those are the only two players from that entire draft class still in the nba which That's is crazy, crazy to think about um i think i mean mellow mellow is a product of the old guard like he does not play modern basketball um he's a ball stopper 
Uh, he's mm-hmm. a mid-range jump shooter. Yeah. Um, and he's always been resistant to taking a defined role, um, which I think is why he got pushed out of the NBA for a little bit. Um, you know, if he changes his mindset, he could be a useful asset because he is a knockdown jump shooter. I think so. he's changed his mindset. I hope so. I, I hope so for him. Yeah. You know, I've never been a huge mellow fan being a jazz fan. Um, you know, uh, I mean, very inspiring to watch, you know, as a, as a guy who loves to play basketball, you know, I would, I'd pattern my mid range jumper after him, Okay. Uh, but I I was never afraid of him, never really afraid of him in in the modern NBA. So, okay. Um, we talk a lot about Lillard and you know how, you know, we like him a lot. So, I was talking about point guards big time before you yeah. hopped on. So I wanted to ask you, in no particular order, give me Jordan's top three or five true point guards in the NBA. And I don't have to break it down to you because you're a basketball guy, but just for the sake of the conversation, true point guard, obviously not a score first guy, um, not a Russ, not a Rose in his prime. Give me your top three to five true point guards in the league. Well, how, do we do we have time? Do I have time to to soapbox a little bit here, Mike? We got about ten minutes. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, you know, I was looking through some stats, and I I came to the conclusion that I I think there's been a trend in this direction for a number of years now. But I think the true point guard is officially dead. I'm going to call it officially that this season the true point guard has died. <sighs> yeah, and and if you are looking at like traditional point guards, there's really only two guys playing at a high level that carry that mantle in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that is Chris Paul, who I would definitely have in my top five still Mm -hmm. and Ricky Rubio, who I would not have in my top five, though I am a Rubio fan. Okay. Um, I, I think the position of point guard has evolved into just being the fulcrum of an offense. I mean, we talked about Nikola Jokic just a moment ago and how he is that, I mean, he serves every function that a traditional point guard does. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think we're in a new era, man. I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot of traditional true point guards that still have the ball in their hands. They're now becoming three and D guys uh, because they can't score. They can't control the tempo of a game anymore because we're not trying to set up open mid range jump shots. You know, it's, we've, yeah. we've switched to a, a drive and dish league. And so why not get the guy who's best at driving on your team? You know, guys like James Harden um, who can get to the bucket on anyone. So put the ball in his hands, let him drive and kick. I hate that you said that because I mean, there's nothing wrong about what you said. However, I'm going to throw out some names to you about guys that, at least I consider to be still past first slash true point guards, although they're not even top 10 or 12 mm-hmm. point guards in the NBA. But I think they still have value because a lot of the guys that I'm going to rattle off to you right now can defend. Okay. They're not the greatest shooters. They're long, yeah. they're athletic, and yeah. they can get to the rim if they wanted to, if they needed to. Some of those okay. guys, not all of them, are, uh, let's see. I want to put Goran, Goran Dragic on this list yeah. because I don't consider him a scoring first guy. But for the sake of things, I, I'm going to put him on this list. Okay. Alfred Payton, I'm a fan of his because he's an athlete that could defend, um, yep. get into the lane. Ben Simmons, 
okay? A lot of people would knock him, and I don't know why, because if you're known to not be able to shoot and all you can do is get to the bucket, you should be easier, I'm not going to say easy, but easier to defend because you're one-dimensional. However, they yeah. still can't stop him from getting to the bucket. Still can't yeah. stop him from getting to the bucket, and he's one of those elite passers that has eyes in the back. Of his head. I love Ben Simmons, and obviously, yeah. great defender out on the perimeter at 6'10". He's not yeah. – uh, he doesn't have two left feet. He's actually very nimble. So yeah. Ben Simmons, DJ Augustin is still playing. Knockdown shooter, smaller guy, but yeah. a guy that will set up an offense. Malcolm Brogdon, I love him, okay? Michael Carter-Williams is still playing. These are all guys that nobody really talked about, except for the exception – I mean, for the exception of Ben Simmons and obviously Malcolm Brogdon. Michael yeah. Carter-Williams, wasn't he rookie of the year? He was. Rookie of the year. Was, George so. Hill, starting for the Bucks. Ricky Rubio, you just brought up. Those are just a few guys. And, I mean, you're right because we're talking about guys like Steph Curry now, Kyrie Irving, yeah. Rose in his prime, Kemba, you know, Trey Young, John Morant. And rightfully so. They can score, they, you know, everything. It's a, you know, three-point league, all that stuff. But I'm going to be – I mean, we've already seen the big man phased out. And I made a prediction yeah. about a year ago on my show at the University of Miami that the big man is going to come back and come back with a force. And I'm not talking about big men that come back and shoot threes. I'm talking about big men that are playing from the elbow down yeah. because okay. everybody's going small now. So yeah. it just, it makes sense to me. Obviously I've yeah. been wrong before, but that's how I see it. But it, it, the absence of guys like Chris Paul and to me, my top two guys, my top two point guards in the NBA, true point guards, Paul is number one. I got a healthy Rajon Rondo is two. I got okay. a healthy Rajon Rondo is two because I've always, I've always loved. I probably would have him at one if he was more respectable with a jump shot, yeah. but a healthy Rajon Rondo. I mean, when you dish out, I think he had what twenty five assists a game. I'm sorry, twenty five a, a twenty five assist game a couple of years ago. It was a New Year's Eve. I think they were playing. I think they were playing the yeah. Nets. That's yeah. a minimum of fifty points that you account for because you don't know how many of those were three point plays. The guy, yeah. I love Ray John. And remember, this is a guy that people were saying the Celtics weren't going to win a, cha a championship with. He proved them wrong. But if you're uh, – not if, but – well, yeah, if, if. If if the true point guard is non-existent, I mean, I think I'm going to cry because yeah. it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame yeah. how fundamentals are gone in the NBA now. It really is. And, and you know what, what kind of pushed me over the edge – in, in that line of thinking was that I, I looked up assist stats, um, assist rate and just per game. Uh -huh. And it's just dominated by guys that are, are ball handler, you know, they guys, are. guys like James Harden. And it, well, I'll just give you my top five now. Um, and, and I know you asked me for true point guards, but I'm, I'm saying it's dead. So I'm just going to give you the, the top five guys that are offensive fulcrums. Okay. Um, and I got Harden, LeBron, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, and Steph Curry. Um, those guys put up elite level assist numbers. They're, they're putting up the best passing numbers in the NBA. Obviously, Curry didn't play much this year, um, but I'm just talking about him in general. Right. Um, those guys are the new point guards in the NBA, yeah. and, yeah. and they, they fulfill all functions. Um, you know, Chris Paul is still an elite level defender. He if is. you look at box plus minus for defense – uh, defensive win shares he's still playing defense at an elite level and really he's the only guy that fits that old school mode man I, I think I think like you said you know 
the NBA is moving towards guys that are so interchangeable in mm-hmm. what they can do. Um, and I think the new mold is guys that can really put it a whole offensive system on their back. Okay. Yeah, of course. And there's only so many guys that you trust that can do that. Chris yeah. Paul is a dog. Okay, so he was supposed to suck this year. Okay. He this is a guy that was jettisoned from Houston because supposedly something happened and you know, whatever whatever beef, which I don't fully fully believe, uh between he and uh and James Harden. Forty four and twenty eight. 44 and 28, second in their, in their division with a roster who just include guys like Darius Baisley and, 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 and Terrence Ferguson, Danilo Gallinari, Steven yeah. Adams. They were supposed yeah. to be nothing this year. Yeah. That team is not 40. That team doesn't win 30 games without Chris Paul. 100% agreed, man. And, and you know, like the, the Thunder were the only other option that I would pick, handpick as a Jazz fan for who I'd want to play. I have a healthy respect slash hatred for Chris Paul as a Jazz fan. <laughs> I there is not a player that I detest more in the NBA, but some of that comes from a place of respect. Some of it, not all. Okay. Of it. <laughs> but you know, there there is that element of respect, and that he just shreds the Jazz every time he plays us, man. And you know, he's he's just incredibly talented. He's one of those guys that like when he's put in a situation and his team needs something, he always rises yep. to the occasion and I hate it. He's I remember brain. it was Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. So that would be the 2018 season mm-hmm. jazz rockets game five. I believe it's in the first round, you know, Donovan Mitchell has burst onto the scene yeah. and James Harden is doing his regular disappearing act in the playoffs <laughs> and Mitchell and Chris Paul are going at it. Um, and it's an elimination game, I believe. Um, it went to two overtimes, just Mitchell that. and Paul trading blows, man. And that. it was exciting as a Jazz fan, but it eventually ended with Chris Paul getting the best of us once again. And, dude, I just, I just hate the guy <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but, but like I said, there's an element of respect to that. Of course. No, I get it. I get it. Um... Jordan was supposed to be on for just two segments, but this is going so well that we're going to go ahead and be back with the next segment because a couple of things that I want to finish asking him about. So again, if you've been listening this long, stay listening for another segment or two because Michael McCoy will be back with the Michael McCoy show and Jordan Nelson talking some more round ball. So just keep it locked. Serious X Sam channel 145, the Michael McCoy show on slam radio. Keep it locked. This is SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. 
Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot the... Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're still here. We're still talking basketball. I mean, as big as college football heads as we are, I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to tell it by the amount of love and amount of passion we have for the game of basketball, that being Jordan, Nelson, and myself. Thanks for keeping it locked throughout that last break. You are back listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. So we're just going to keep it going. We were talking NBA playoffs, and um, we want to kind of break down and go in depth about the Eastern Conference and Western Conference playoffs. We're going to start with the East and just go series by series and see what we think. And we'll see at the end of the day how right or wrong Jordan and I were, but um, it's going to be an exciting playoffs for sure. So let's start in the East. The 1-8 matchup Jordan is Milwaukee and Orlando. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, Orlando is a nice story, but being the heavy favorites in the East, maybe not heavy, but I think that if this goes five, that's kind of giving Orlando a, a yeah. It's, it's like a gentleman. What's it, what do they call it? A gentleman sweep. That's a gentleman exactly sweep. Yeah, yeah. It's where they you go three to three to zero, and then uh, Orlando takes one, and then you finish it off. You know, back at home for Milwaukee. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you, man. A gentleman sweep would be a huge win for Orlando. <laughs> they are, man. I mean, that's a team that. <clears throat> excuse me. They are still far away from doing what they want. I mean, yeah. you got uh, the former number one overall pick in uh, in Markel Fultz, and, you know, we have all heard about his story. Aaron Gordon, uh, Jonathan Isaac had a devastating knee injury, you know, just a couple of weeks yeah. ago, that kind of stuff, because I really liked his game. 6'11", 230. Yeah. He was making noise at FSU, you know, when, they were in, when he was playing in the ACC. But uh, Evan Fournier, nice player, just – Yep. They don't have that, and how we were talking last segment, how in the, now in today's NBA, you'd probably need about three guys to win it all. Maybe you can get away yep. with two. They barely have that one super duper star. So this is going to be it won't yeah. be pretty for them. They're they were a horribly botched um, rebuild, man. They've been yeah. rebuilding since like 2011, something like that. Now yep. 2012 or so. Just been it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. They got some nice pieces, you know, Mo, Mo Bamba, but just nothing yeah. like they're, you know, the guys are going to be facing across the court in yeah. Milwaukee. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the guy that's probably going to win the MVP again. <clears throat> that guy's just a machine. I mean, there's really nothing to break down here. They're going to – they have the advantage all across the board. So um, yep. we'll move on to the 2-7 matchup, which is – Toronto and Brooklyn, that's another one that's probably going to be heavily favored for Toronto to win it all. And let me tell you something, man, <clears throat> if, if you just give me a few minutes here on this, I got to tell you something about how I thought about Toronto. 
like how we were talking in the last couple of segments, how I never really took them serious until last year. I saw them in the same night that I did Denver. They're starting to earn my respect. I never had an issue with Nick Nurse. I've always liked Nick Nurse. He yeah. knows what the hell he's doing. But my God, after a while, you think that the league will kind of catch up onto what these guys are doing, and they haven't. They haven't. That is a lot like the Heat. They really do a good job of playing together. They really do yeah. a good job of playing together. Van Fleet, he's now starting, started every game this year. To me, that's the best point guard on that team. He's not playing off the ball, you know, the two-guard position. But especially in the finals last year, I think he played a lot better than Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry is just a guy that if I'm bringing up, you know, the best point guards in the league, he's at the bottom of my list. Yeah. Well, Van Vliet got an, an MVP vote from uh, Hubie Brown. For there you go. Finals MVP. There you go. That yeah. guy is just fundamental. I think he's a pass-first guy. He's probably yeah. a guy that I will put as a uh, – I know he can score, but I don't think that's his game. That's yeah. not what he wants to do. He'll hit an open three. Yeah. He's way more consistent than Lowry in that regard. But Toronto, man, I think that the success that drives that team is Nick Nurse. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of – I feel like Toronto has always been smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they got a lot of luck last year. Oh, I mean, they, got, they got Kawhi, yeah. um, which Kawhi was very dominant in the playoffs. Um, and they got a lot of help. I mean, the Warriors were depleted. Um, they had a lucky bounce against Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philly just had a, a collapse, man. I mean, I don't know why they let Jimmy Butler go because he was the only guy that wasn't afraid to touch the ball during game seven. Oh, man. They got rid of the wrong dudes, in my opinion. They did. Um, well, and, I'm coming on that. Yeah, and so, dude, I, I mean, it, taking Kawhi off of that roster, I just think they're back to smoke and mirrors. And, and you know, I, I think there was a lot of teams that they could have lost to in the NBA Finals. Um, I mean, they True. didn't have to play against Klay Thompson. They didn't have to play against Kevin Durant. You know, <laughs> so they, they, oh my God, they, and I, I hated to see it because yeah, I think yeah. you and I and most fans can agree that if the Dubs were healthy, that that was maybe going six games, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think the Warriors would have won pretty handily if they were if they were Thank healthy. Thank you. Thank you. That's what pissed me off so much, and I sounded like a Golden State fan last June because I kept defending them, and even still, if Clay doesn't get hurt in Game Six. I think they win game six. Game seven is anybody's game. Toronto, Toronto yeah. probably would have won. They probably would have won. Yeah. The next series that we'll be talking about is Boston-Philly, three versus yeah. six matchup. So I'm guessing that you got Boston in a landslide. Um, I mean, not exactly because I'm not sold on Boston either. I mean, Jason Tatum is good, but – Remember remember Ben Simmons is out. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're right. So, yeah, I, I would probably comfortably say Boston then. And – uh you know, but but they're another team that I'm not completely sold on. I, I like Kemba Walker. Um, I don't talk about Gordon Hayward much, but he uh, he has a decent game, and and you know Jason Tatum is a really good young player. Right. But they don't they don't scare me. Like it, if if I'm a Lakers fan, I you know, and, and the Celtics are my finals matchup, I'm resting easy, man. I'm I'm already making my plans for the championship parade. You want to know what I thought a couple of years ago? when Boston was getting all these young pieces and, and building stock in the draft and, you know, just 
having a bunch of assets and stuff like that. I felt that if they kept at it and just kept building as constructed, to me, they were building another Golden State Warriors. And I'm going to tell you why. Obviously not with sharpshooters because there's only one greatest uh, shooting combination of all time. That only happens one time, okay? And the Warriors have it, Clay and Steph. Agreed. But the way that I saw them constructing things was that they were going to building a bunch of with a young bunch of young athletes that could run, get out, and 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 play defense. Okay, and obviously get out and run and score in the open floor. They were not bad in the half court. They were well coached, but to me, they were kind of mirroring their roster like the the Warriors. And I said that if anybody was to give the Warriors a tough run, it'd be a Boston team because. The Warriors kind of struggled with athletes. That's kind of yeah. the one thing that they would struggle against is athletic guys because before KD, yeah. that's one thing that they really didn't have. They had the shooters, yeah. they had a system and all that, but they didn't have that athlete that said, get me a bucket. I need, I need, a, I need you to go to the bucket and get me something. Yeah. Not that they couldn't get to the bucket with Steph, but that athlete was non-existent until KD. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah. I, I just – I don't know, man. I, I could be a little biased. I, you know, Gordon Hayward ripped the heart out of all jazz fans. I'm not going to pretend like that doesn't matter. You know, I just, I hate the Celtics and I hate uh-huh. Gordon Hayward. So. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's a three, six matchup and um, I got Boston, whatever. I'm not even going to give a prediction, but we have them moving on. And then Miami and Indy probably not going to be, a close four or five matchup as most yeah. four or five matchups are. Yep. Miami's playing good, man. Miami's playing really, really good. And they play together. And it's one of those teams that you really don't know who's going to go off on any given night. Agreed. I like Miami a lot in the first round. Um, they do, to me, they feel one of those types of teams where they're either going to boom or bust. Um, yeah. You know, because they play, they play team ball, they're greater than the sum of their parts. Yep. Um, and those teams tend to be very, very volatile, yeah. volatile yeah. when the playoffs happen. And that they will either shrink into being what they should be, and that's on paper, they're not an, ex- an extremely talented roster. No. Um, either that or, the, or some superstars will be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to always – you know, I, I tend to, like, be on the cautious side of, of predictions with those. So I, I really think they're, they could struggle in the second round. Okay. I don't see them being built to last. They, they do match up great against Milwaukee, um, so maybe some magic will happen there. But I don't see them as a championship-caliber squad. Me neither. They do play great yet. basketball, though. Great coaching, great yeah. role players. Um, you yeah. know, I, I think they should handle Indiana pretty easily. Yeah. And I'm very intrigued to see what happens when they play Milwaukee in the second round. Um, but I, I just don't see them going the distance. Two things on how you said how either, you know, boomer buzz or stars can be born or whatever. You can kind of sort of, maybe more than that, <clears throat> make a statement for Duncan Robinson and Bam be those, being those guys yeah. that, that have – you know, made it to the next level or, you know, up their, their, their stock. So Duncan Robinson is arguably one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. And obviously, bam, a lot of people call him a poor man's Giannis, you know, kind of, kind of yeah. do a lot of things that Giannis can. 
uh, Coach Bo kind of started this uh, positionless basketball thing way back when. And, I mean, look at where it is now. You got Jokic yeah. playing point because of that. And Bam can do it all. He's a do-it-all guy. But uh, Miami's also the only team to beat the Bucks twice this year. I don't yep. think that means anything in the playoffs. Yeah. Completely different animal. But that's a nice little food for oh. thought or whatever. But that does it for – you know, the Eastern matchups. We just got to take a little break to pay some bills, guys. So keep it locked on the Michael McCoy show. And Jordan Nelson is joining me talking some NBA hoops. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. Serious XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Serious XM 145 Slam Radio. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It does, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Okay, guys. Thank you for sticking around with me throughout the last and final break of the Michael McCoy Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. That was fun. <clears throat> that was fun, right? Talking basketball for the majority of the show. I uh, just wanted to save this one for a couple of things that I've been burning on, but uh, 
Yeah, man, Jordan knows his stuff. He will definitely be back on the show uh, later, you know, as the basketball season winds down and even throughout the off season, maybe if we have whenever there's not maybe, but whenever there's a, a draft or anything, or maybe even the NBA lottery, but <clears throat> guy knows his stuff, obviously a Utah jazz fan and um, really knowledgeable about the game of basketball. So it's always a pleasure to talk with him about hoops. He's a huge LeBron guy, I guess, you know, not everybody's perfect, you know, it's all right, but it is what it is. I uh, just wanted to get a couple things off my dome <clears throat> in this last segment, and I am sorry for continuously clearing my throat here. Let me just take a sip of it's a little bit better. Don't ask me what's in my cup. But, um, yeah, I wanted to get a few things off my chest here, and <clears throat> no more ranting, a little bit, but... Uh, we're doing a little research, and did you guys realize that, I mean, everybody knows who Katie Ledecky is, right? Uh, world-renowned swimmer, pretty good athlete. Well, did you guys know that, I mean, I was just doing some, you know, sports little research, and so I'm not exactly sure when this was. I think it was last week, but um, she swam the length of a swimming pool an Olympic-sized swimming pool with a glass of milk on her head and she didn't spill it. Have you ever swam the length of a swimming pool with a glass on your head without spilling it? It was chocolate milk, by the way. I thought that was uber impressive. And she did drink the glass of milk after swimming the length of the pool. Wow. I mean, wow, not a drop of milk was spilled. And I found that to be, I mean, that should be an Olympic event. Like, why not? <laughs> you have a whole bunch of other things going on in the swimming pool. Uh, you know, when it comes to swimming, diving, synchronized swimming, all this. Why not have a glass of milk on your head and see what you can get out of it, right? I think that would be pretty cool. But, yeah, I found that to be just amazing because – I mean, obviously the coordination to go along with it, but I would have never even thought of anything like that. Shouts out to whoever thought of, you know, recording it or whatever, but that was pretty creative. That was pretty impressive. Uh, something else that I found interesting and that I, you know, I'm kind of having in the back of my head was, do you guys realize that this is LeBron's first season throughout his entire 18 year, 17 year, however long it's been career, that he does not lead his team in points per game? Huh, interesting, right? I mean, a lot of people consider him to be the best player in the world, but he might, e might even be the best player on his team. This is no slight to him at all, and actually this is, this is the way it should be at, this, at his point in his career if he wants to go ahead and, you know, get as much basketball and juice out his career as long as he can. He has to rely on guys like Anthony Davis and, um, you know, Kyle Kuzma, so that, heck, so that he can be, continue to be the productive force that he is. But that's kind of incredible. I mean, he kind of flipped points per game for assists per game. So kudos to him for adjusting and, uh, <clears throat> you know, being the, the team player that he is. Something else that I'm burning on. Oh, gosh, this is just, this situation 
with college football and COVID and, um, you know, conferences not playing, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, those two have already said that they're canceling their season, their fall sports, and there'll be no championships. But then you have the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 saying, game on, we're playing. You're seeing this movement of players with the hashtag, we want to play. And um, it's just a mess. The NCAA is a joke, a flat out joke, led by the quote unquote leadership of Mark Emmert, of Mark Emmert, however the hell you pronounce his name. And he's an even bigger joke than the NCAA. I mean, what an embarrassment that leadership is probably coming from the players more so than it is guys, men or women, that should be calling the shots. You know what I mean? I mean, you got guys like Justin Fields starting a a petition, uh, which I heard has 30,000 names on it for college football to be played in the Big Ten. And I mean, go figure. I mean, a guy like him that left the SEC to go play in the Big Ten, all of a sudden he's leaving. Um, you know, the, the the latest news lately coming out of the recruiting world in the Pac-10, what part, the Pac-12, and uh, USC, big-time quarterback Jake Garcia transfers to high school in Valdosta, Georgia, all the way across the country uh, amid COVID-19 because there will be no high school football in California. So he's coming across to Georgia where he has family. Now all of a sudden – you know, Canes fans feel that they have a way, way bigger shot of landing the big-time quarterback California prospect. And so, uh, you know, that's a big thing. And now the Pac-12 is not having football, so he may really be considering the University of Miami. Boy, if the Canes land him, what a recruiting haul it'll be for uh, hashtag two, what is it? Two chains, one ring. That's what they're calling this recruiting class. And I mean, it's a monster class right now, but I mean, wow. To go back to this, um, to this mess that the NCAA is, uh, did you hear what Urban Meyer said just a couple of days ago, just last week? There's an article on pro football talk, NBC sports, uh, titled Urban Meyer, no chance of spring college football. Wow. No chance of a spring college football season. And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, look, without even diving deep into it, what the hell does college football look like having three conferences play in the fall as scheduled on on a reduced schedule that keeps teams closer to home so they don't have to travel much, keep it within the conference. And even that one out of conference game is probably going to be somebody that's, you know, close to home, close in your state. Look at Miami, for example, they're playing the ACC, the ACC plus one. And that plus one is UAB, you know, one state away. Okay. So, I mean, Urban Meyer, you know, he was talking about that and it makes perfect sense. I mean, how are you going to have a college football champion if you got three conferences playing in the fall and two conferences playing in the spring? What the hell is that going to look like? It's just, re- look, either cancel the entire season for everyone or just don't play in the spring and let this season have a champion between three conferences. 
That's it. What is that going to do for guys that want to play? Will, will the NCAA grant immediate eligibility for guys that want to play right now? I mean, there's just so much surrounding this, so many questions. And if I'm a player, I'm going to – and I really, 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 really want to play, don't you think that the NCAA should grant immediate uh, eligibility for guys that aren't playing because of their conference um, – their conference alignment, right? If I'm Jake Gardner, or not even, uh, not sorry, because he's a high school senior, but, you know, any player, regardless of year, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, if they have eligibility left and they want to play now, they should be able to. The NCAA has no rhyme or reason for anything that they do. I mean, I remember a couple of years back, there was a USF, or UCF, I should say, football player. I think he was a kicker or a punter, and he was making money off of YouTube videos. The NCAA steps in and tells him, hey, you can't do that because you're making money off your likeliness or whatever the hell they said it was. You want to know what this player did? He said, all right, the hell with you. I'm making money doing this. I'll give up my scholarship, my eligibility, just so I can continue making money as a student here at UCF. What kind of bull crap is that? That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life because college students, let's say they're on an academic scholarship at said university, right? They can have a job. They can make money. They can do whatever the hell they want to do, whenever the hell they want to do it, however the hell they want to do it, and it will not affect their academic scholarship. Yeah, you take an athlete who's still the same student at the same school, but because he or she plays sports, they can't make money. They can't have a job. They can't, if I'm not mistaken, the rule is that you can't have a job during the season. I think, and don't quote me on this, and I think that's the rule. I think. And I get it. Who's going to want to? Who's going to want a job during the season when you already have a full-time school schedule and you already have a full-time athletic schedule, breaking, waking up at the crack of dawn to do workouts, practice, travel for games, and then you got to still keep up with your assignments during the season when you're on the road. I get it. Okay, fine. But the fact that that rule is there, let's say someone was bold enough or brave enough, or, you know, ballsy enough to say, yeah, I can handle it. I want this job. You can't. The fact that the rules there is an absolute joke. And I, I, I just hate it, man. I hate it. Going back to this article, because I was kind of going off topic, but I um, wanted to read it. So the first couple paragraphs reads as is. Former Ohio State urban, well, this article sucks. Uh, pro football focus. There's so many typos in the first sentence. I'm just going to go ahead and read it how it should be. Former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer said what many are thinking after the Big Ten and Pac-12 announced the postponement of fall sports. The conferences might as well have used the word canceled, at least for football. In an interview with the Big Ten Network, Meyer gives college football no chance of playing in the spring. Duh. 
No chance, Meyer and assistant athletics director at Ohio State and Fox Sports College football analyst said via 247sports.com. This guy's an assistant athletics director? I had no idea. Jesus Christ. We can't ask a player to play two seasons in a calendar year. When I first heard that, I said that. I don't see it happening when I hear that. There's typos all over there. What kind of, how is this even, how is this article online? My God. The body, in my very strong opinion, is not made, oh, sorry, the body, in my very strong opinion, is not made to play two seasons within a calendar year. That's 2,000 repetitive reps, and football is a physical tough sport, so I don't really see that happening. Okay, great. But yeah, like I said, even more of that, like, what is that going to do to, like, the NFL draft if there's a spring schedule? Like, well, I mean, they're just, <laughs> and then you're going to have to start up another season. Let's say there's spring football, which there absolutely should not be. Um, spring football, you start in January, February, whenever you finish in what? I don't know, March, April. You have a couple months to recover for the offseason. Then you got to start again, quote unquote, spring practice that'll probably be in the fall. Okay. And then you start fall work or in the summer, I should say. And you start fall workouts, you know, shortly after that. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. And I just don't understand how that's even a thing. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Not to me. Whatever, man. Uh, the NSA is a joke. Kind of sick and tired of, you know, how they do things. And to be honest with you, and there's been talk about this for quite some time, but I think it's picking up some legs and some momentum in recent uh, weeks. But the Power Five, everybody else that has an affiliation with the NCAA, should disband from that joke of an organization, okay? They didn't want to play players forever. They're grudgingly paying players now. Um, and it's ridiculous. You know, these guys, I'm glad they're realizing their worth and that their voice and athleticism means a lot because everybody wants to see it. They're just not realizing the power that they have. And it's better late than never, but the NCAA, NCAA needs these schools and these athletes more than these athletes and these schools need the NCAA. Make a move, get the hell out of there, and that's how I feel about it. So that's pretty much it. Got nothing else for you this week. I hope everyone else um, has a great rest of the day and a great rest of the week. Enjoy the playoffs that are starting, and I'll be back next week, same time, same place, here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Slam Radio, thanks for tuning in to the Michael Moody Corey Show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week. Stay safe. Hashtag wear a mask. The views and opinions expressed on the Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.